All right, so I came back to my first podcast. This is uh, about six, four or five months after I started my podcast. I'm doing an intro just because, just so you guys know, this episode, this is like my first podcast ever. I just turned my phone on, started recording, so it gets better. So if you start here and you listen to the first couple, like the messages, every everything starts to get more clear and a little bit better. So just trying to be helpful, basically, just trying to be helpful to see both perspectives of everything that I've been through in life, just so people have a better understanding and a better way to navigate their way through different trials. It seems like life's getting hard, especially with COVID. I mean, I went out last night and it's like the world's just kind of going crazy right now. So hopefully these episodes, hopefully like what I'm doing is helpful. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to the King of Corona Podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. All right. So I wanted to start a podcast. Um, I called it the King of Corona because during the coronavirus, I started to mess around with a guitar, make these crazy posts on Facebook. So basically, I've just been sitting quiet, making all those little posts everybody makes where it's like, here's me and my kids. Here's me all dressed up with my family. And like, they're cute. And like, everything I've posted has always been good. But I've I've always been too scared to show like my true colors, so I've been making these posts about uh, the church, my upbringing, about uh, just me playing guitar and just putting more of like a like more of a genuine vibe on social media, and I like that. That's kind of why I feel like they made social media, why we have these platforms is so that we can showcase who we really are. And so that's why I made this podcast. It's called King of Corona because I started doing all this stuff during the coronavirus. So that's why I labeled myself um, King of Corona. So <laughs> I have a friend, we always joke around that like, we're like, are we are we slightly narcissistic? And so <laughs> it's funny because there's like this tiptoey line between like being confident and then being like a narcissist. And so I like to think that I'm self-aware and that I have empathy for other people. But at the same time, like I do feel like I'm confident and having these podcasts, I feel like you do want to be confident in yourself that your message is actually going to reach people and be impactful. And so kind of the reason I think my podcast might be might be good is because my life so far, I'm 37 years old and I've gone through like almost, I don't want to like jinx myself and say I, <laughs> there's things I haven't gone through obviously, but I've gone through some of the, some of the really, really hard things that a lot of people never have to go through in life. And so it's pretty difficult to explain um, in like a one minute clip on Instagram or a one minute clip on, uh, on Facebook or so 
it's easier for me to have this platform where I can just talk and kind of go through my experiences and just let people kind of inside of my mind in like a deeper way. And then I just am real, I'm like a really big advocate for use your life and your lessons to give back and help other people. And so that's kind of my goal. So first, this first episode, I'm going to focus on like religion. I grew up in the Mormon church. And so I just want to talk about like that whole experience, but other episodes I'm going to talk about, um, just my son that was, he was six years old and he got diagnosed with leukemia. I've never really gone into depth about my feelings and I wasn't like posting out of control when he had that and so I kind of just buried a lot of my emotions and feelings deep inside and started to run and um, not really put things out there but I feel like a podcast would be helpful helpful for people that maybe are going through that just to give tips and pointers on how to stay strong and how to like how do you how did I I guess get through that what helped and then also just talk about a little bit about marriage, relationships, um, and then talk about uh, just really like all the all the crazy things that I've gone through, career change, going through a um, divorce, and so hopefully a lot of this stuff just like hits home with some people. But uh, so this episode, I just wanted to talk about uh, like I said, I was born into a religion and so everybody's kind of born into a belief system whether it's mormonism jehovah's witness um it doesn't really matter even if you're born into a belief system that's no beliefs that's your belief system so you're raised with basically thoughts like you're raised to believe what you believe and everybody's basically a product of what they're around and so This episode, I really just want to get people to understand that it is possible to have a complete um, paradigm shift spiritually. Um, When I first started to leave the church, I honestly felt like, like so much despair, so much depression turned to alcohol and things that were kind of these band-aids. And then you'd wake up the next day and be like, oh, I still feel horrible. And so just kind of some advice and some some helpful words, I guess, to anybody that's trying to transition or has transitioned. If you're feeling bad about yourself, if for any reason that you've been beating yourself up about past sins or current sins, and just I just know that feeling of guilt. I know that feeling of kind of feeling the shame of, of taking a different path. And so, and then I just kind of wanted to pinpoint some of the, some of the reasons I feel like people that are in my church, I can only speak about my church because that's how I grew up. And so I have my opinions about all the religions, but today I just wanted to talk about my religion and basically how my religion had this impact on me as a person. And so anyway, um, so like I just said, everybody's got like limited beliefs, um, as they're growing up and you're kind of, so in my church, I have a pretty much my entire family was LDS, Latter-day Saints, Mormon. 
Um, they keep changing their name, so I can't keep up with like what their name is anymore. It's like they want new labels, just like a business when you like break your business and you have a bad reputation and like you have horrible reviews online. And so you're like, oh crap, everybody hates us. Maybe we should rebrand, and now we'll be the Latter Day Heroes. That's what I'm guessing their next name is gonna be. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I grew up Latter Day Saint. All my family was Latter Day Saints, and so you're born into this. And right from basically day one, you get this baby blessing. So that's like your first kind of your first kind of hook that the church gives you. They hook you with this. The parents have to do these baby blessings, and it's kind of this pressure to be worthy to do these baby blessings. And then when you get to age eight, you get baptized. And that's when the church starts to put this like unnecessary pressure on you that you made this decision to join the church. Like it was your decision. That's the age of accountability in my church was eight years old, which I always, uh, I kind of think that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, personally, because what eight-year-old, like, realistically, how many eight-year-olds are choosing for themselves to get baptized? Just, let's just be real, like, really honest. Did I feel like I chose to get baptized when I was eight, or do I feel like I turned eight so I got baptized because that was expected of me? Like, 100% option B. Like, I got baptized because everybody got baptized, and so... That's like, that's one of the big hooks though, because that's when you become like, you're a member, you get, you're old enough to where they can start to try to kind of plant things into your brain. And, um, that's a pretty monumental thing for the eight year old, but then also like in a family, like when you're part of a religion, you're expected to baptize your kids when you're eight. And so when eight rolls around and your kids not getting baptized, you're, (laughs) you're just sitting back. Just know everybody's like, hey, Tyler, like, we're going to get these ba- get these kids baptized? And you're like, actually, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to let my kids decide when they're actually old enough to make decisions. And so I just feel like it's such a huge benefit for my kids. Like, what if they grow up and they don't believe in the Mormon church? Like, that's one huge problem is, like, I was born into the Mormon church. Like, somebody's born into, like, they're a, like Jewish. Somebody's born into being Jehovah's Witness. Somebody's born into Scientology. And so it's like that show the village, right? Like you're trapped in that. And they want to keep you in that echo chamber. And so if you're trapped in an echo chamber and everybody's just saying like, this is what, this is right. And this is right. And this is right. And so like you, before you talk to somebody, you know what they're going to say. Like people's opinions, um, don't really matter because it's the belief system that trumps like what you really feel and what you really think. And so it's just difficult because religion just kind of pushes, pushes what it wants onto you from a very young age. And then like these things imprint into your brain and it's almost like a form, I would say a form of brainwash or mind control, kind of like the government does. Um, with the media, they control the fear. And that's a big problem too with religion and my religion is um, when it's fear-based. 
And so I do feel like a lot of a lot of religion and a lot of belief systems, they push fear. And that's a very good tactic because if you're scared, like if you're scared, if I don't do this, if I leave the church, then I'm not going to be saved. I'm not going to be with my family. Then that's a scary thought. And so people, it's really easy to convince people that like all you have to do is obey this stuff for this life. And this life is this brief little second. And then after this second, it's eternity. Do you not want to just endure a little bit of pain and suffering and sacrifice a little bit in order to set yourself up for eternity and be with your family forever? When in reality, it's like, do you just want to be a really, really good person, give back, like just make sure everybody feels like your energy and your spirit and your reason for being on earth? Not through a religion, but just because you've embraced who you really are. And so that is kind of the path that I've broken into. So I'm trying to shift that paradigm, show people that the religion was an experience, but it wasn't what, it's not what defines you as a person. And you can leave your religion, whether it be Mormonism, whether it be like you're a Buddhist, or you can leave your religion and you can build um, new beliefs. You can build new thoughts, new ideas. And you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to worry about what people think about you. It doesn't matter. Like these people can have their thoughts and their opinions. And if they don't support you, that's sad. But it shouldn't affect you and your decisions in your life because you should have the right to make your own decisions. And so anyway, so I grew up like I have a pretty big family. Um, my mom and dad had four boys. So me and my three brothers and then my mom got remarried when I was like seven, eight, and married somebody a little bit older. And so he had five kids, and then they had two kids together, so my little half-brother and my half-sister. And so we had a very, very big family. Like I said, everybody's Mormon. And so you have 11 kids, and you just you kind of start to just feel the pressure of like doing what the other five kids did before me, even though... They just kind of like fell into our laps. Like <laughs> we didn't really have a relationship with them. But because my stepdad's now in the picture, you have this like there's this new pressure to live up to a new expectation of a new set of of kids. And so basically I got baptized. I got my baby blessing, got baptized. Um, my brothers, all of us went through the steps. My parents are both very very into the church, believe it, um, definitely believe it, like believe in it. And like, I think that's awesome. Like I love when people have a belief and if they believe in it and it makes them feel comfort and it makes them feel joy and it brings them like a good culture, then like by all means, like be Mormon and believe in it. Um, the problem that I run into is the lack of just having more of an open mind and being open-minded to like new ideas and new things that could potentially be true, but you've just put yourself into a box. And so I think a lot of people start to get put into that box like around age eight, and that's when you're force-fed like spoonfuls of uh, spoonfuls <laughs> indoctrination. 
And so it's like, open big, here comes some more indoctrination. And it's like your mouth, you're just like choking with this shit. But you never get this like chance to pull away because you're eight and then you're 12. And when you're 12, you get this priest of power in my church. And then when you're six, 14 or 16, you get this other priesthood power. There's the Aaronic priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood, which are like powers granted to act in the name of God, do baptisms, bless sacrament. Um, basically, give. we used to give blessings. And so you have like oil you put on people's head and you give them like you give a blessing, which is all like great practices. And I actually like a lot of this stuff. It's the belief in the members and in themselves that makes these miracles happen. And so the fact, like I said before, the fact that like if they have the belief, the belief itself brings the magic. You lose the belief and you don't believe in it. And then that magic no longer exists. And so you have to recreate it. And so for people like me, you have to step outside of that paradigm and outside of that box. And you have to look for truths. Like you have to look for things that, that are true to you. And so Anyway, so eight years old, I kind of get stuffed into this box, and then I just go through it, and then I get to high school, and I realize, like, hmm, like, this looks like a fun, like, other people's families, other people's um, dynamics, other people's beliefs, like, I really started to dig into what other people believed, um, how other people lived, and so I saw kind of both worlds, like my very religious family. And then I saw like my best friend's household where it was totally different. They really didn't go to church on Sunday, but they still had this like awesome connection as a family. And it started to like in high school, it started to bother me that I felt like we felt so special in my church that we had the truths and the power to heal and the power to enact these miracles. And then like my best friend and his family they didn't have those same powers and like those same things unless they joined my religion. So it was always this goal to like baptize, like baptize your friends, baptize your like baptize everybody so that they can experience this truth. When instead of just like talking to them and you get truths from them, they get truths from you. You combine those and you go talk to somebody else and you take some truth from that person. You take some truth from that person and like you just have this open minded um, this open-mindedness. And that's, I, that's, I, that's why I feel like a lot of times when, if you know, if you are a member of the church or you know people that are members of the church, they kind of stick together. And they stick together because it's easier. It's easier to like, you just think the same, you have the same, you, you don't get pushed. Like you don't get pushed and you don't, you can just stay comfortable and I don't want to be rude and say like stay ignorant, but that's kind of what it is. It's a lot of people want to just stay ignorant and ignorance is kind of bliss. Like I remember they say that in the matrix and it's true. Like I was happy. Like I was happy when I was ignorant, but I was ignorant and like I didn't want to see information that was going to affect the way that I thought. And so I kept myself in this echo chamber even though sometimes it didn't feel right. And so high school, I kind of broke away from the church, went for my parents, was planning on leaving the church, but then I applied to Utah State, and then I also applied to like Colorado State University where my friends were going. And so I went to Utah State because I wanted to get away and not have like this party 
through college. I didn't want to just be doing keg stands and having sex with girls and like I wanted to take college seriously, get an education and like set myself up. So I went to Utah State because I felt like I had a better opportunity to just break away and like do a reset and get away from like the drinking and stuff. Um, not it wasn't my intention to go and like get into the church, but when I moved to Utah, so when I moved to Utah, um, I met some friends. All of us were we had LDS Latter Day Saint <laughs> upbringings. I hate the phrases also, like being a Latter-day Saint and then being called brother and then being called elder. It's like, I hated it. It's like, can we be any more robotic? Like, it's all wear white shirts and ties and wear plaques and we'll all call each other brother and sister and elder. It's like, thank you for giving me no individuality. <laughs> so anyway, go to Utah and it's like you just kind of fall into the culture of this new state. And so... Most of the guys, we all go to church on Sunday, and you have these leaders, and they're kind of pulling you aside, and they're starting to make you feel like <clears throat> you need to confess your sexual sins and this type of stuff when you're 18 years old, and so you kind of just want to hook up and like do stuff with girls because it seems like it makes sense. Um, and I mean, there's this natural release <laughs> that your body does. Like, if you don't release yourself it's your body's just going to and so the fact that they use so much guilt and so much like you feel so ashamed if you do stuff with girls and you do this and that and so that's when when I was in college I started to get this like fear fear-based testimony of religion and so I always felt like I made mistakes I had to go talk to my bishop and confess to like relieve that and so I started meeting with my bishop talking about stuff I did in high school with the drinking and the girls and whatever else, I feel like I never should have had to tell anybody. But I I kind of went that route. And then slowly he convinced me and my parents and myself, I convinced myself that like I should do a mission and I should commit to the church because this was going to protect me. This was going to keep me in a safe box. And so prepare for my mission, submitted my paperwork, paperwork, and I was going to Guatemala. Um, so I was pretty excited about it, but I had to go through the temple and like the temple to me was like the final straw that like all these baptisms and priesthood and stuff are these little hooks that like hook, 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 hook. And so you're kind of trapped. You go through the temple and that's where it's like that, that harpoon that like sh sh <laughs> shoots through your heart and pulls you up out of the water. And so it's like, that's this, like this, that's the hook where it's really hard to break it. And so I went in there, made these promises. Like I felt like it was like a very like creepy experience where I wanted to walk out and be just very transparent with my dad and my mom and my siblings and be like, that was freaking weird. I don't ever want to go back. But like the promises you make in there is that you're not going to talk about it. You're not going to like you're not going to go over what just happened because it's so spiritual. And so they use that to make it so you're, you're quiet and so you don't talk. And so you leave the temple basically with all these questions and then they, now you're wearing these underpants for the rest of your life that like stick out the bottom of your shorts. And like for girls, it's 
my uncle calls them rape deflectors. <laughs> he's actually like in, he's in the church too, but like members of the church, we all have a good sense of humor about a lot of this stuff that we go through because people in the church are very normal. They're very nice, awesome people, but like we do get hooked. And then because everybody's playing this game, it's almost like Santa Claus. Like, but we never just come out and be like, Hey, you know that like whole Santa Claus church thing that we're doing with the uh, with like Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and all this and like we can all admit at this point that it's kind of bizarre, right? Do you want to stop believing? Let's just stop believing at the same time. One, two, three, and then like break down the barrier, right? But no, like we just go along with it for our whole life, and so it's kind of crazy. So this the temple though, I feel like is where it just grabs you, and then like most of us are too scared to talk about like the name that you got or the ordinances that you performed or the promises that you made. And like, so you're just, you're like, whatever. Like my parents did it. They know better than me. Like they, I trust them. Like they've been doing this. Like maybe it's creepy, but maybe it's true. And maybe it's like, I do have to do this. So then you go on this mission and you're in 19 to 21 years old. So very young. They take you away from the world. There's no radio. There's no TV. There's You call home for Mother's Day and Christmas. We had no cell phones at the time. So you're disconnected from the world, and you're just sitting down studying church material all day, every day for two years. So I don't know a better plan than to send these 18-year-olds that are about to screw, like, about to just like figure out who they are and go through all these crazy trials you send those 18 year olds through this creepy ceremony to scare them and then you send them on a mission and indoctrinate the hell out of them and then they get home and they're scared to death to live life like they're scared to death to like mess up with a girl because you just preached for two years like you don't want to come home and be this hypocrite that's hooking up with girls and drinking alcohol and doing all the stuff you just taught people like, I baptized, like, 40-something people in Guatemala. Like, baptized a lot of people, had a lot of success. And it's just sad because I came home with this, like, almost this this pressure on myself to, like, you got to live up to this now because you just committed other people to this. And so you're just more trapped and more trapped and more trapped. And then because you feel this guilt about, like, sexual sin, like, the first time I, I did, like, some... We call it Levi loving some dry humping. Like, <laughs> I felt so guilty about that that I had to go talk to the bishop and confess it. And I was like, I can't believe I did this. This is so horrible. Like rubbing my zipper against my wiener. Like it hurt really bad and it wasn't fun and I hated it. <laughs> but like that's how much guilt I felt about something that small. And so it's just crazy. So then... You get married, and so I met somebody like my ex-wife. She's my ex-wife now. We were together for 15 years, but we got married when she was just 20 and I was 23, and we dated for like two and a half years. And so no real experience with dating, no real experience with like life. We didn't move in together. We didn't have sex. Like, So it was just like, hey, guess what? Now we live together. This is insane. Like... Well, let's figure this out. And then right before we got married, there was some like pretty big stuff that happened in her family that created like it was stuff that should be dealt with um, through probably counseling and just created a lot of trust issues. And like, I don't want to go into 
anything with her story because I'm just telling my story. But we did have a really good relationship, just very young and didn't know ourselves. And so I committed myself at that point to the church, to her, to this like box. I was like, this is the box that I live in and I'm going to stay in this box. And that's my life. And like, I agreed to this. I went to that temple. I went on a mission. Like this is, this is my decision. I did this to myself. And so you try to do it as long as you can. And then one day you're at your, uh, your LDS friend's house when you have like two kids and you're looking at all your high school friends that are having like, they're traveling, having fun, like just really getting to know themselves, building a career, like really just going after what they really want in life before they commit themselves to anything. And like you're committed by the time they're like in their career, you're like full committed. And so you're at your friend's house and instead of like just sitting back, having a drink, like knowing yourself, you're pushing balloons across the floor with your nose and you're trying to push it across like a little piece of tape. And like, that's the kind of games I was playing at like age like 27, 28, 29, 30. And like, it just hit me. <laughs> we left this party this one time and I looked at my, at my wife at the time. And I just said to her, I was like, if my high school self could see me tonight, I would have had to kick my own ass so hard. Like <laughs> The fact that I'm sitting here like, on my hands and knees rolling balloons across the floor. It was just like, you used to have these moments. You have these moments where it's like, this isn't what I want. This isn't, and like, the more I go to church and the less I enjoyed it and the less spiritual and the less truth that I felt, I just, I kind of had to distance myself and I had to pull away and it created a lot of problems for me. It created a lot of problems because everybody, everybody else is so hooked. Everybody else is so like, into it and these are the people that love you and you love them but it's like it's a love that it's almost like a dysfunctional love because the love is based on you doing certain things and so it's like you feel like it's unconditional but to a certain extent you don't and so anyway I felt uh I felt like my life started to kind of come apart because my belief system started to come apart and I kind of, I want to end this podcast because I only want these to be 30 minutes because I don't want to sit here and talk for like five hours. And so I'll pick up the next one. I'll just pick up where I'm leaving off right now, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm just going to kind of get on here. I'm planning on maybe doing like one a week and then just like I said, just different topics, but I hope it's helpful. Like I said, my goal is just to create a positive a message that takes my life experience and just kind of like this whole church experience to me is basically just this is my thoughts about it maybe you agree maybe you don't but it kind of just breaks down the thoughts in my head how this happens and so when people leave maybe it's not such a bad thing maybe they just kind of got pushed down a path that they shouldn't have been on so anyway appreciate it thanks guys